Good morning, Joy Church. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. My name is Nikki, and I know I don't look a lot like Jake, so yes, I'm not him. Um, in case you were wondering, I don't have a big stash. Sometimes I pull it out, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's TMI. Um, everybody knows that. Okay, not about me specifically, but just in general. Okay, we're just going to keep going. Um, well, good morning. We are doing this amazing series about unboxing. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes this uh, whole idea of unboxing or sharing our lives with others is kind of scary, kind of nerve-wracking. And we're kind of like, I'd rather just not unbox. I'd rather just stay in a nice closed box over in my nice closed room and not encounter the world out there. And I just don't know what's going to come out, right? Well, um, I, I was sitting in my living room. And where I live, I live out on North Coburg, and it's parallel to I-5. And so I have a beautiful, nice farm country house out there. But in the distance, I can see I-5. And on I-5, we all know there's lots of semi-trucks. So these semi-trucks are constantly going up and down I-5. And I always just sit there and I wonder, what is inside of those semi-trucks? What, what do they have in there, you know? There's all kinds of things. And every once in a while, you see a news story where one of these semi-trucks has toppled over and the contents have been unboxed. Per se, right? We can say that these semi-trucks have been unboxed, and sometimes what you find is actually pretty hilarious. So I have some funny photos. Some of them maybe you might need to just close your eyes, but <laughs> um, if you're a little squirmish, maybe I'll warn you. Actually, I don't think I can because I don't know what order they're in. <laughs> but so just close your eyes real quick. But no. All right. So uh, Daniel, if you could put up that first photo. Oh gosh, we're just going to start really bad. Okay. So this was a semi-truck that was carrying a bunch of slimy eels. These are hagfish, and it's not something that we're accustomed to eating here, but these were on their way across the ocean to Southeast Asia where they enjoy hagfish on their dinner plate, and instead we got to enjoy it on our highway, and it just, the amount of slime that is just coming off of these cars, like, can you imagine, like, you're on your morning commute, and like, you're like, sorry boss, I got um, sprayed with a bunch of hagfish, and I'm on the side of the road, my new beautiful car is covered in slime, like, it looks like a, a monster just came through and just like, ah, you know, unleashed, but okay, what's the next one, let's see the next one, we've got a lot of these, all right, we got a bunch of tomatoes, so this is in California, a whole perfectly ripe two trailer worth of tomatoes has dumped over and now this car is just in the middle of the, the tomato sauce. And, um, and I'm sure that they made some paste and made the most of it and sold it maybe. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So then let's see the next one. What do we got here? Oh, yummy. Mackerel. Holy mackerel. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know where that term came from. Holy mackerel. Maybe it was this moment. I don't know. But I'm sure that they were finding mackerel just for months, like, and that beautiful green field is just like popping up with grass because it's so fertilized with amazing mackerel. I mean, just the stench that would have come off of that highway, you know, the wind blows in just the right direction and the farm homes are just like falling over. So, all right, what's our next one? What do we got here? Oh, this is a good one. This is chocolate. This is, yes. Sign me up for this accident. I am there. This is 12 tons of molten chocolate that tipped over in Poland. Like, we're living in the wrong country. Where's the molten lava the chocolate trucks here? You know, like, how come we... Actually, I, I didn't tell you guys that that nasty eel one, that was an organ. Yay, we're so lucky. We get the eel splat. But this is chocolate. If this was me in this accident, you'd find me. Like, there'd be a photo. I'd be like this, just bathing in it. 
just rolling around, just taking the most of every opportunity. That's what the Bible says to do. Um, all right, so what's the next uh, one? Okay, this is frozen pizzas. I know it's bad quality, but this is thousands of frozen pizzas just all over. I was thinking maybe it was a hot day and they cooked and it was really good and everyone just came out and had a good time. But you know that there was somebody out that was like, yoink, like I brought home DiGiorno, like I got you, babe. Um, but yeah, thousands of frozen pizzas. That's a fun one. I know for sure they took some home. All right. And then what else? What do we got here? Okay. Close your eyes if you're squirmish. This is chicken remains. Yeah. And if you look right behind the truck, you see exactly where they're at. The, the, that's like, that's, McDonald's was like, score. We, we don't have to pay for trucking now. We can make our chicken nuggets so fresh right now. I'm just kidding. You guys, if you work at McDonald's, it's fine. Um, I'm sure it's good. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle. All right, next photo. Let's see. We got to get that out of there. This is avocados. Um, tw let's see. What one was that? 20 tons is what the report said. 20 tons of avocados. So sad. That's like thousands of dollars, like million dollars right there. Avocados are so expensive, but this happened in Texas. Thought they just make some guacamole. When life gives you avocados, make guacamole on the side of the road. That poor man spilled all of those goods. Okay, I think there's maybe one more. This is corn. And this is in Minnesota of all places, of course, right? I was um, joking first service. I have no idea anything about Minnesota. And I was like, I think that's in the Midwest and I think they grow corn there. That's pretty much what I know. And she, go, and she was like, yeah, actually we have corn ovens. We literally, they have in their homes, they have ovens that are built to burn corn husks. And because why not? I mean, I don't know, like if that's what you got. So um, I learned something new about Minnesota today. But, you know, in life, we are all vessels. We are vessels and we are made to carry things. You know, none of us in this room are empty. You might feel empty, but the reality is that we are all full of something, that we are vessels, and that God has designed us actually to be filled with himself. And that is actually an incredible, amazing truth that we get to learn about this morning, that we are always full of something, right? Full of baloney, or full of it, full of yourself, right? Full of other things. Um, rhymes with it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Ah! Erase, erase. Okay. Um, but we are vessels and we're all full of something. And God has a vision for our fullness. In Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, God has a vision for our fullness. And we're going to read what that is. Um, Paul is praying this amazing prayer for the Ephesians. And he says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, so Christ would dwell in your hearts. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, all of us in this room, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. Talk about a incredible, an incredible prayer, an incredible reality that we are called, that we are designed to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is a beautiful truth. 
And when people unbox our lives, they should find the fullness of God in us. That's an incredible truth. But how many in here maybe feel like, I don't always feel like I'm full of the full measure of God. You know, where, where do we get this fullness of God? Well, first it's a gift. It's a gift that happens when we come to Christ and we say, Lord, I, you're my Savior. I repent of my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. He comes and he replaces. And it says that Christ dwells in our heart, right? And um, just, I think it's Colossians 2.10. It says that all the fullness of the deity lives in, bodily, in Christ, right? Okay, and then it says that you have been given fullness in Christ. So this is a gift. We've been given fullness of Christ. So when people People run into us what unboxes out of our life is fullness of Christ and that verse it talks about if you could go back to it at the very end that last um, slide of the verse it says that uh, so it says that at the very end here it says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God so that that word that tells us that what just came before is how we are really filled and so how are we really filled we're rooted and established in love because we've had a revelation of the immense like the vastness of Christ's love when we have a revelation of the love of Christ we are full to the fullness of God and so what is the fullness of God it's all that God is for us through the love of Christ. I know it sounds kind of confusing, but that's what it is. It says, all the ways a human can enjoy him. That's the fullness of God. How good is our God that he wants to fill us with himself that we might enjoy him to the fullness, right? And you even look at the language he uses about the love of Christ. It's like he's trying to describe these dimensions of the love of Christ, which are just so beyond what we can imagine. They're so high and they're so deep and they're so wide. It's so incredible, the love of Christ. And when we have a revelation of that, then we are filled to the fullness of God's fullness here. Okay. Well, the sad thing about humanity is that we were meant to be full of God, but what happened in the garden in, when Adam and Eve were deceived by the enemy, they were full, they started becoming full of other things. And we read here, um, as humanity continued to degrade in Genesis 6, 5, God looked down at mankind. It says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. They were just full of evil, these people. And so God looked at them and said, I gotta get, I gotta start over. So he started over, he saved a remnant through Noah. The big flood came, right, and wiped out these people because they were full, their hearts were full of evil all the time. Then we have um, Job 15, 16, and he says, He's just talking um, about humanity. He says, how much less morals, uh, mortals who are vile and corrupt who drink up evil like water. Okay, they're filling up their lives with, with evil as if to drink evil like water. That's the human uh, condition. And then we have Romans 1, 29. And that talks about, this is a big discouraging mouthful, but it says, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness who, who has been filled? Those who have chosen to uh, reject God and to reject his ways. They've been filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. I think it says, the next one's like backstabbers and insolent and greedy. And it just keeps going. It's just this list of all these things that, that are so horrible that we fill ourselves up with. And I was even recently, I don't know if you guys have seen the, this post on Instagram, but it's all these screenshots of moms kind of sharing what they're discovering on um, 
on YouTube Kids. And lately, YouTube Kids, people have been uploading things onto YouTube Kids disguised as like Peppa Pig, but really it's Peppa Pig doing drugs or something like that. And it's just like they're trying to infiltrate YouTube Kids with all of these dark, evil themes that are destructive, right, for the, for the children. And they're just weaving it in. It's like, where does this kind of evil come from? Do you ever look at the world and just go, whoa, like we have fallen so far. We are so depraved. We are filled with wickedness. That is the reality. But in John 10.10, Jesus says that the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they would have life and life to the full. This verse says, I mean, this is a different version, but a rich and satisfying life. Jesus' good news is that, yes, the world was depraved. Yes, the world is far from him. Yes, the world is full of wickedness and evil. And when you bump into the world, it splashes all this yuckiness on you. But Jesus comes that you would have life and life to the full. That is a good, good word. What we're full of, we really can't hide, right? If we're full of something, it's going to show. And um, I just, I was thinking, you know, what, what, what's a time when I really felt full of something? I really felt full of fear at this one time when I invited all of these people, just, I didn't know who they were. They were just these random people from downtown that wanted to get in a van. I know this sounds crazy. This, <laughs> my friend, my friend Nathan had a ministry basically where he would go downtown and anyone who wanted to come could come with him to church and then they would get hot chocolate after. And I was like, okay, I want to go. So I went and then uh, it was like Christmas Eve. So started Starbucks was closed or something. So I was like, why don't you just come over to my house? And the moment I said that, fear filled my my, my heart because I'm a, I just, I didn't feel safe all of a sudden. I realized that I invited a bunch of strangers to my home out in the country, you know, and like, I don't know who these people are. And then I couldn't even host them. I was like trying to get hot chocolate and I was like, ah, I was just so full of fear. Then afterwards, as we were dropping them off, I just literally, my body was like, I was hot. I couldn't handle it. Like, I just was like about to explode. And the second they got out of the car, I was like, Nathan, there was just this one guy that I just felt so afraid of. And I didn't know quite exactly why, but I felt like he was scoping out my house. or I felt like he was going to the bathroom. He was going to check out the windows and how to get in. I don't know. I was just so full of fear. I had no idea where this was coming from, but I was like, Nathan, who was that guy? And he goes, oh, Yeah. Um, he just got out of jail for robbery, break and entry. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding me? Not only am I so full of fear, but now my fears are validated. And so I was continuing to be so full of fear. And I called this, uh, this uh, patrol, I don't know, uh, a sheriff that I know. And he goes, Nikki, come on. He's like, I just looked up his history. He's got 17 accounts of break and entry and um, all this other stuff too and 20 years in jail. And I was like, what did I do? You guys, I was so full of fear. I thought my roommate was going to kick me out and her out, herself out too. I thought we weren't ever going to go back to the house because he's going to come back and rob us. And I was just so full of fear. And it affected my life for like a week. I was just like so crazy full of fear. But God wants to fill us so full. And that same way I was full of fear, how much more would the measure of God's fullness want to be in me and in you? We really can't hide what we're full of. And when we're full of the Spirit, when we're full of God's fullness, it just kind of empties out on the world around us. That is how we are designed to live as Christians, these contagious, just 
unboxing and just light comes out, right? The Bible talks about being salt and being light. Jake has talked about that. And that salt comes to add pres- preservation and it adds flavor and it adds light. It, it, it just changes the dish, right? It adds something to whatever it touches. You know when something is full of salt, right? I make that mistake a lot. I'm always like, I don't want bland food. And then it's like, bam, my, ah, my mouth is burning. But um, we know when something's full of salt or when, we, and when the light comes in the room, it illuminates everything. The absence of light, it makes a big difference too, right? So as Christians, what we're full of, we can't hide. And so ultimately what we are filled with affects our witness and it determines how people will encounter God through us. So it's important to know what am I full of? What is coming out of my life? So this first thing that I believe that God really highlighted to me that we, when we are full of him, what should be splashing out on people is truth. We need to be full of the truth. We need to be in our word. We need to know what is truth and what is lies. Why? Because the enemy is the father of lies, right? He's full of deceit. And he comes and he tries to distort what is true so that people will be led away from the Lord, so that their eyes will be blinded and they won't be able to see the truth of the gospel. The enemy comes in and he just tries to twist all the good things of God to have these little lies that, dis- dis- that um, take people away from the Lord. And we have an opportunity to come in with truth and illuminate the lies and illuminate the truth. And it's powerful. You know, the truth is so much more powerful than lies. And we get the ability, we have, I mean, we have the ability, we have the mandate to come into the world with the truth of the gospel and the truth of God and illuminate the world. There's this story, um, I'll just summarize it real quick, but in um, Acts 13, 6 through 12, if you're writing it down. Um, It's a story of uh, Paul, and he's traveling with, I think, hmm, anyways, Paul. And um, (laughs) I think Paul and Barnabas, but I could be wrong. Okay, so Paul is going, and he is in the city. Well, why don't I just read it? Okay, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. Very fancy. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas. Okay, it was Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas. And, and Saul, because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Okay, so I want to know what you have to say. And then this guy comes in and he goes, I'm going to try and twist, I'm going to try and turn this proconsul from the truth. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right way of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you, and you're going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. 
How cool is that story that there was this man that was trying to seek the truth, but then there was this other one that was trying to twist the truth, and he was full of deceit and trickery, right? He was trying to distort the truth of the word of God. But then, because Paul was full of the Holy Spirit, he was able to go, nope, that's a lie. And then when he shared the truth, the truth won out, and there was more power in the truth than there was in the lies, right? So just know that when you're going about your life, when you're going to work, when you're going to school, and you're with your family, when you have that little thing go off in your head where you go, oop, that's a lie. I'm detecting a lie. This person's believing a lie, or this, this is not really what's going to fill this person, or whatever it might be, or even yourself. You can go, nope, I'm going to insert the truth here, and the truth is so powerful to turn around the lie and reveal the lie for what it is, and, ex- and, and the truth will, what does the Bible say? The truth will set you free, Right? The truth sets people free. Um, I was in an Uber in Brazil, and it was like an hour ride. And so I had a long time talking. It was just like a few weeks ago. And um, at the end of the ride, I mean, I kind of asked this guy at the beginning, because I'm like, okay, I have an hour. Honestly, whenever I'm on vacation, a lot of times I get to talk to people about um, my faith. I get to talk to people about God because they're curious. What are you doing here? Who are you? Or what do you do? And it always comes up somehow. And so I just asked the guy, okay, I need to know who I'm working with. So I said, are you, (laughs) I said, are you religious? Um, And that's just honestly, like a small tip like you can ask people that you can ask people are you religious it's just a normal question but sometimes we're like oh and then but if you know where they're at they can tell you where they're at and then you know where you're starting from so I asked are you religious and he goes uh I'm a, I'm a Christian but he was very just kind of like eh, like it's not it seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal for him but I'm a Christian and then we continued talking and he started talking about how concerned he was with all the politics and all the things that are going on in the world and he's really worried about it and at the end I just kind of said okay I'm thinking we're 10 minutes from my house or five minutes actually I need to I need to just I need to close this I need to somehow what am I depositing in this guy's life? And he said, I said, so what do you think is the answer to all of this trouble, you know, that we're seeing politically? And he just said, you know, um, he goes, I don't really like care about what the answer is. He's just like, I just care about, I just want people to be happy. He's like, I think as long as people are happy, it's going to be fine. As long as people are happy in their life, that's all I care about. And right in that moment, you know, it sounds good. Yeah, it's so nice when people are happy, right? But when people do what makes them happy, it isn't always holy, right? When people are living what's happy, it's not always going to be leading them to heaven. Um, and so I, th- I just felt like in that moment, okay, Nikki, you have an opportunity to either go, oh, yeah, I love it like when people are happy too. Like whatever makes people happy, that's what matters in life. But then, but this truth thing was going, no, Nikki, you need to correct that. Not in like a, you're wrong kind of a way, but in a loving way, correct him and just say, you know what? I'm going to insert the gospel into this conversation. And so I just said, you know, I I don't think it, for me, it doesn't matter so much if people are happy because people can be happy on their way to hell. But what matters is that people know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and that they're walking in right relationship with him. And out of that is going to flow the answers of life. And I just shared that. It's simple. It's just the truth that just kind of popped in my head. I had this little lie detector, you know, this little thing that going, mm, you need to say what is true here. And he stopped the car and he just turned around. And in Portuguese, my mom was here for service. She's like, say it in Portuguese. So I'll try. But <laughs> he's like, Niki. Or actually, he asked me my, my name. That's how you say my name in Portuguese. Niki. <laughs> just a little bit more passion, you know, than in English, Nikki. Nikki, he's like, uh, ¿Cuál es tu nombre? ¿Cuál es tu nombre? What's your name? He goes, 
uh, esta conversação foi o, o, o Uber Drive mais legal em toda a minha vida, which means that this was the best Uber Drive I've ever had in my whole life. And this guy was like an Uber maybe maniac. Like he owns like 40 cars that he rents out to people to do Uber. Like that's his life. He's a mechanic, but he drives when he wants and he does Uber for his life. And he just turned around. He said, after I told him that truth, that little nugget of truth that God gave me, I believe in, in the moment, he just turned around and said, this is the best Uber ride I've ever had. And I was just like, wow, you know, the truth of God is powerful. I don't think it was because of my personality per se. I think it was because I, I brought, I was bold enough to bring truth and truth is powerful. I was also on a flight the, on the, my way back from Brazil on the flight from Miami to Eugene, actually San Francisco. It was four flights long to get home. It was very long, 35-ish hours. And um, I was finally on the last leg. I was starting to get sick and I'm sitting next to this lawyer And I could just tell he was interested in talking. And it wasn't like a weird way. Sometimes you sit by people and you're like, oh, no. Or sometimes people sit by me and they're like, oh, gosh, she's so annoying. Or she just keeps talking. And But I, because I like talking, I'm like, this is an opportunity, you know, to reach somebody. And anyway, so I'm sitting on the plane next to him. And I could tell he was just kind of like an interesting person. And we just started talking. And he started asking me about my life. And he knew, you know, I, I was in Brazil because I was seeing people. And I felt like God told me to go there and um, just visiting friends. And I lived there, you know blah, 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 because I was serving the church and all this stuff. So he knew I was a Christian, and he just got really curious about my life, and he's like, you know, asking me all of these questions. And then finally about like an hour in, I mean, we talked for probably four or five hours. An hour in, he goes, why do you have faith? Why do you have faith? I mean, he looked at me, and he saw a person that is different than him, someone that has faith. And he goes, I don't have faith. I don't understand how you have faith. Where does it come from? And I said, well, I think it's a gift. Of, I think it's a gift from God, but I think that we can have reasons to have faith, too. And so I just started talking for probably the next couple hours <laughs> um, just about all the reasons why I have faith. And I just started talking about, okay, we have the reality of the universe. Where did this come from, right? That can something come from nothing? Or does something have to be created? You know, look at my microphone. Where did this come from? Um, I forget what I was holding at the time, but uh, I was like, you know, look at this. What, what, where did it, was there a reason that this came to be? Did it just pop out of existence? No, there's a reason. There was a creator behind it. There was a intelligence. There was something outside of this that's more powerful and bigger than it to, that needed to design it and create it. And it was created for a purpose. Anyway, so I talked through all of that. And then I talk about miracles and the stories of miracles, supernatural things that have happened in life. How do you explain that? And he's like, well, you know, you know, things happen. And I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> like they're miracles. <laughs> and, and then we talked about um, the spiritual realm and how you go all over the world. You go to Cambodia. They have spiritual experiences happening there. You go to Africa. Spiritual, and then here, spiritual experience. I just talked to somebody who was having these dreams that were demonic dreams. And they were in a Christian. And we started talking about that. That's this whole side story. And they were like, and I started sharing about what the Bible says about the spiritual realm and they said what kind of Christian are you they're like I've never heard a Christian talk about the spiritual realm like you and I was like the Bible is all about the spiritual realm the, the reality of, of this is all spiritual we're in a spiritual battle and they're like wow you know so I talked about the spiritual realm and he was like wow and then we just talked about like oh yeah the, the, the argument of morality where do we get right and wrong where do we get good and bad where do we get evil and, and, and good like where do you how do you decide what's right and wrong And he was like, well, and he's a lawyer. And um, where do you decide? And he goes, I don't know. You just kind of like whatever society flourishes with. And we just started talking. We got really deep. And we talked for hours about all of the reasons why I have faith. And it was really neat. And at the end, I got to read Hebrews 11, which talks about a little bit of that, you know, the universe and all that. And then it talks about faith and, um, and, and that 
that, anyways, it's an amazing chapter. It's kind of long as we started reading it, but it was like so good I couldn't stop. And then at the end, he just like looks at me and he goes, you convinced me. <laughs> I was like, whoo! Now, <laughs> I pray it wasn't because he wanted me to stop talking and that <laughs> he was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> what am I going to do to get this girl to stop talking about why she has faith? I, I asked the big button question. Um, but the reality is I believe that God planted in his heart through the truth that I was giving him. He was going, okay, all right, I'm getting it. I'm starting to see it. You've convinced me. And I didn't really know what to say at that point. I just kind of looked at him like, really? Um, like, did this really work? I don't know. Um, anyway, so we'll see. And I pray that God is working on his heart. But I just, I put so many seeds of truth in his heart. He cannot walk away without, without remembering that and without God working on it. I pray that, he, that God is. So don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to share the truth that God has given you. Speak up. Share the truth. But share it in love, right? Share it in love. All right. Then we have this second one that I really believe that when people bump into us, what's splashing off onto them is praise praise. We are a people that are called out of darkness into light, right? We have been given a new lease on life. We have a hope, a future hope. When I was talking to this lawyer, he just kept talking about how dismal his, his view of his worldview is. He's like, it's depressing. There's really no purpose. We're all just here for no reason. It's all just a big slime chance and time and whatever Jake says. It's a bunch of that, you know, and he's like, there's no reason, no rhyme or reason. And it just, we're all working on instincts. And he's like, it's depressing and sad. The reality is when we are born again, we can be filled with praise because we have hope, right? We have a hope and a future. And um, in Psalm 107:2, it says in the NLT, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Wow. Has the Lord redeemed you? Speak out. God's praise should always, as Christians, always be on our lips. And maybe you feel like I haven't really had that many cool things happen in my life. I, I really don't feel like I'm not, I'm not like a millionaire, you know, with, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you, you think that you need to have in order to praise God, but I think sometimes we get stuck into lies thinking that, oh, because my life doesn't look exactly like this or that, I have nothing to praise, but we need to remember where we've come from and our story Psalm 107, the whole psalm is really cool. I encourage you to read it, but it has four different, I would go through the whole thing. It was so good that we read it first service, but it kind of tells four different stories. It says, you know, some, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase, but the first one is lost. You know, some were lost. They were wandering around. They didn't have a home. They were searching in the desert, and they didn't have food, and they didn't have water, and they were searching for something to fill them, and then they cried out to God, and then God heard them, and it's like, praise be to God, because God brought them to a place where they could rest their heads and food for, to fill their stomachs, and it says that God fills, uh, he fills the hungry with good things. And how many of us in the room here today could say, honestly, I was lost. I had, I was empty. I needed something. I needed a place to lay my head. But look at us here. We're in this room together. You have a place to call your home, a place to call your family. The brothers and sisters in this room, we're your family. And we are being fed truth, the word of God. We are given the water that is Christ. And, and we have living water in our lives. How good is God? Praise be to God. May that be a reason for praise today. Then there's the second one is the guilty. Guilty. 
They're living in darkness. It says they're groping around. They're living in darkness, and they're separated from God, and they're living in bondage to sin. But he led them from darkness and deepest gloom, and he snapped their chains. It says, for he broke down their prison gates, and he cut apart their bars of iron because they called out to him. How many of you guys, yeah, amen. How many of you guys have had chains in your life of maybe addiction or maybe bondage, and God has come, and he's broken those down, and he has set you free from a prison of self or a prison of sin or a prison of of discouragement or whatever it might be. He's set you free. Only God can do that. And you in your workplace can be just boasting on God all the time about how good he's been in your life. This third one is someone who was sick. They were hurt, but there was because of the result of their own sin that they became sick. And it says their body loathed food. And um, he says that they cried out to God He sent out his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. God is so good. He heals the sick. He makes the lost found. He um, cleanses the guilty and he takes away their bondages. And for the sick, he heals their wounds. And then lastly, there's the storm tossed. Now, this doesn't say this person was um, by their own means out there, but it just says that they were in this Basically, it was just a merchant. Some were merchants, and they were going off onto their um, harbors, and they're trying to bring something from A to B, like these semi-truck, these poor guys. Um, and they were trying to get from A to B and just do their work. But then this storm came, and it just had them up on the waves and down in the depths, and it was just this crazy storm. I don't know about you guys, but I've gone through storms in life where I just felt like, even as a Christian, just, wow, God, I don't know if I'm going to make this. This is really hard. Oh, my gosh, this the waves and the wind and the storm and the sea, and I feel like I might not make it. But God... God was with me in the storm. It says they cried out to God and he calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves. He brought them safely to the harbor where they were headed. You know, God is safely bringing us um, through life. He's with us in the valley of the shadow of death. He's with us through the storms of life. And I don't know what storms you've been going through or what storms you've been through in your past, but always have praise on your lips in the middle of that and cry out to God and just tell people about what God has done to rescue you from those storms in your life. God is irresistibly good, and we share our testimony with people. They will see that he is irresistibly good because he turns our emptiness into a fullness. He, he, he exchanges our chains for freedom. He makes the hurt healed, and he takes us from trouble into triumph. God is so good. And the last verse here, it says in verse 43, those who are wise will take all this to heart. They'll consider these stories, this testimony. It says they will see in the history They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. May it be said about Joy Church that when people encounter us, that they will will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. You know, just think about how God has been involved in your story. I used to think that my testimony had to be this dramatic, like, I used to be this and then now I'm that. But honestly, that's not my story. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up with very stable family and loving parents and brothers and sisters. I didn't even fight with them. Like, I got tickle torture every once in a while, but it wasn't too bad. And... I, I had a pretty easy life, you know, and I, ha- I have not had like this, this period of life where I've gone off and I've run after the world. And so sometimes I struggled to know what is my testimony? How do I tell people about what God has done in my life? And then I had this dream and I wrote the dream down. I'm going to read you what I wrote on August 5th, 2022. Last night, I had a dream where someone was asking how Jesus changed my life. It was a very vivid dream. I remember thinking that maybe I didn't have some big turnaround where everything in life shifted from a life of sin to a life of righteousness in Christ. But actually, 
Jesus has been faithful to point me in the right direction every day of my life. He has saved me from a world of hurt. He has been with me when I am hurt. He's forgiven me in my moments of weakness and sin and filled me with hope and joy. Every day has been a show of God's goodness. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death with him and being led beside quiet waters, he restores my soul over and over, day after day. That's my testimony. And I just, yeah, and I know that's all of our, anyone that is redeemed, amen. <laughs> I literally had that dream. It was almost like a vision. And I woke up and it was just so vivid. I wrote it down and I told my roommate about it. Well, two weeks later, I go to lunch with a friend who is not a Christian. She's from a nation where it's like under 2% Christian. And so she has no like idea who God is. And so she just had questions because she was like, I see your life and I just want to know. Um, I just have some questions about your faith. And so we went to lunch and I said, well, what's your question? And we sat down and she said, how has Jesus changed your life? Which is the exact question that was asked in my dream. And so I had an answer for her that God, that I got to just boast on God and just share with her how God is with me walking through every day of my life. It wasn't just a moment in the past or it wasn't just my parents' decision or it wasn't just the church I grew up in. It's God every day involved in my life. And I really believe that God wants us to share our everyday testimonies, the way that God has changed our life and is walking with us daily, how it's a personal relationship right now and that it's living and it's not this dead, you know, past event. No, it's right Right now it's active. I believe that God wants us to do that. And when we share our right now testimony with people and how what God has done and what God is doing, we're actually inviting them into relationship. We're showing them who our God is and who God is, who, who God has been for you. They can see that, oh, that God can be that for me. I sat on a plane one time next to a guy, I got a close, but um, a different guy, and he was talking about, I just have a hard time relating to a big man in the sky with a big white beard. That was his image of God, and a lot of us have had that image of God, but when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you see that God is not that. You know, God is a personal uh, a person, a, a personal being that relates with us daily and that loves us, is deeply involved in our lives and the details of our lives. And so your everyday stories can become a testimony of God's goodness. Okay, well, I got to close up, but the last one is love. When people bump into us, that they would experience the love of Christ. I just want to tell you guys, this life that we're living isn't about the daily thing, like isn't, isn't what you see. When you go to the grocery store and buy food, yes, you have to buy food to live, but you're not, it's not about going to get food. When you're encountering people at the grocery store, it's how can I share the love of God with these people? How can, when I bump into the checker who's been so slow, chatty, chatty with the person in front of them, um, how when I bump into them, am I gonna bump into them with the love of God and splash love on them? That is our mission when we go to the grocery store. When we go to the DMV and you're sitting there and you're just like, ugh, who's the person, who's the mom? trying to wrestle their kids next to you and how can you splash love on them that's what this life is about the Bible says that we are aliens in this world that this is not our home that we shouldn't get so comfortable in this life that it becomes about the just the flesh and blood it's not about that it's about people it's about God knowing people and people knowing God and and, and making that connection Jesus said just like Pastor Judah said during worship he says you know that Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost and so that was Jesus' whole reason for coming here was to seek and save the lost. And then now for those who are found, our mission is to do the same, is to 
turn around, love God, love people, and make disciples. And so everywhere we're going, we're not, it's not about what we're doing in the natural. It's about what we're doing in the spiritual and in people's lives and sharing the love of Jesus with a hurt and broken world who is lost and guilty and sick and storm-tossed and they haven't yet called out to God. May we be the one that point them to who to call out to and that our love will draw them to, to know Christ. All right. Well, I could keep going, but I'm just going to close it there and just say maybe you don't feel like you are full of the fullness of God. Maybe you feel a little bit like maybe I've been full of insecurity. Maybe I've been full of anger. Maybe what it's been splashing out of my life has been a quick temper or judgment or different things, you know, um, unforgiveness. And, you know, it's not too late. Don't be discouraged. We all go through that. We all feel, we all, all, we all feel that, you know, that this world kind of tries to seep in, but the only thing we need to do is return Jesus back to his, his spot and, 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 and sit in his love, and these are things, return back to these points, return to praise, return to praise, maybe you haven't been splashing out praise, return to praise, get back into your closet, your, not your closet, but your prayer closet, you know, aka, just get down and start writing about what God has done, remember what God has done, my friend Ashley, her and her husband share a note on their um, iPhones, and they just write all the amazing things that God has done in their life, and they share that together so that when they're in a moment of like, we don't feel like praising God, we we don't feel full in that way, they go back to that note, and they read what God has done, they keep a log, but we return back to praise, we return back to truth, maybe you've been walking in lies. You've been believing lies. Go back to the truth. What does the Bible say about you? What does the Bible say about reality? What does the Bible say about how we should live and about other people? Return back to those things and God will begin to fill you up again in that way. And then lastly, return to love. Return to the love of Christ. Come back to him. Back to his feet and just say, God, reveal to me again your love. God, that you would show me. That I'd be able to grasp as that verse says, how high and how wide and how deep and how great. How long is the love of Christ? And that you would be rooted and established in love because what you're rooted in, your fruit is going to come out of, right? And so if we're rooted in his love, that's going to be the overflow of our life. All right, I'm just going to pray for us. Um, And then first I'm going to read this real quick. This is the best part of this passage after it talks about, in Ephesians 3, uh, 20 through 21, Um, after it talks about being full of the fullness of God, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Not our power, not our ability, not all that we can muster up, but no, according to his power, he does immeasurably more than we could even ask and imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So let's just pray. Lord, I pray that each person in this room would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that they would experience the rich fullness that you promise us, Lord, and that as they go about their lives, that when people bump into them or when they open their mouth, they unbox their lives, that what would splash out, what would spill over in their life would be praise, would be truth, would be love, God, that we would be overflowing with your peace and with your joy. The fruit of the Spirit would be um, just flowing from our lives, Lord God. We thank you so much that you've redeemed us, that 
we called out to God and praise be to God that you rescued us when we were guilty, sick, storm-tossed, and broken, Lord, that you are so good. We thank you so much that, that you're not complicated, that we can just return to your love, God, and that you can fill us afresh. And we just pray that this would be the reality for each Joy Church member in this place, that we would infiltrate Lane County with your goodness and unbox our lives onto people so that they can experience your hope. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, just to finish up, I'm just going to pray. If you believe that, if, if you have not come to Jesus and made him Lord of your life, today we have an opportunity to accept him. Every day we have an opportunity to run to him and say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. So um, you can talk to somebody afterwards. Kayla's going to talk about what next step that might be. We have a card that you can fill out. But I just want to pray real quick. If that's you and you need to pray a prayer of repentance and faith in Jesus, I'm going to just pray this prayer and you can repeat after me and we can all just do that. So let's close our eyes. If that's you, you can just raise your hand. I'd love to know who you are so we can just yeah, have an indication. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Okay, let's all pray this together. This is an amazing prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again to give me new life. So today I put my trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Repenting of my sin and choosing to follow you. Thank you for what you've done. Come and make your home in me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.